Hello and welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Bendyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I made it this time. He made it. He's here. We're alive. We're doing well. Hope you guys are doing the same. Mike, you know, with this whole coronavirus thing, we still, you know, there's still some things going on in the sports world. We're going to bring that action, but, you know, a lot of what's going on in the world is pretty, is a pretty big downer in the world right now, I would yeah. say, right? But we are here today because we are about to bring that little bit of hope, little bit of that glimmer through the clouds, so to speak, this week, because we still have, once again, tons of stuff to go over. We're going to go, we're going to talk about WrestleMania Day 2 and then compare it to Day 1. If you missed our Day 1 coverage of WrestleMania this past year, go back and listen to the, our last week's episode. It'll be up there on all your streaming services. Uh, listen to all of our archives to listen to that great content. Uh, but we're going to talk about Day 2 WrestleMania. We're going to talk about the XFL and how, unfortunately, as of this recording, there's no plans for a Season 2, and we're going to talk about why and how bummed me and Mike are. I'm I'm pretty devastated, I'm not going to lie. I bought way too much Battlehawks merch, is what I'm saying. Um, second half of the show, we're going to do another mock draft, similar to last week, but this time I got a trade proposition for Mike. We're both going to play Bob Quinn once again. We're going to be making a trade. We'll go through that, and then we'll also see, because of that trade, okay, what other picks are we able to acquire? What other prospects? How does that draft maybe look if the board falls in a similar fashion the way we think it's going to? And then we're going to talk about the ASC Conference quarterbacks. Last week, we did the NFC, so if you missed that, be sure to go back and listen to Episode 71 where we did the rankings of the NFC quarterbacks. This week, we're doing AFC. we got a lot of heavy hitters. we got Patty Mahomes. we got Lamar Jackson. we got name another guy. <laughs> We got, we got guys. We're going to talk about every single one, the pros, the, the, the pros, the cons of them, what their quarterback situation looks like on each team, and we rank them in the conference and in the division. So Mike, our resident quarterback here, um, is the one to go to for that. But before we start off into any of this great topics today, we have a major, 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 major announcement this week. I teased it. Uh, we teased it on, on our social medias, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on everything we could possibly talk about. And now is the time, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever in the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast history. You wanted it. You got it. We are officially going to have I'm Always Right Sports Podcast merchandise. That's right. We are lucky enough to be partnered up with a website called BelowTheCollar.com. You'll see the link in the description on YouTube or in the uh, description on each individual podcast going forward. Uh, we are just able to land an agreement this past week, thank the Lord. So thankfully, we are going to be having our own merchandise very, 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 very soon. I Like I said, I will post a link pretty much everywhere once this uh, episode drops live. Um, it's a huge moment for us. We thank you all for your support. It's really big. I really hope you guys continue to support the show. And the best way to support the show is to wear the merch. So we're going to be coming out with just one shirt originally. It's going to be that sweet-looking logo that you see right there. That's going to be the very first shirt, um, just as a spoiler. Um, but more designs will be coming. We'll be you know working hand-in-hand -hand with them. If you know the company ProWrestlingTees.com, it is the same company that owns that website. It's the same people that will be printing our stuff. So I will, once again, I'll be posting that link. It's going to be BelowTheCollar.com. You'll be able to find this right now actually on their on the uh, opening page of the site. You'll be able to see this brand new logo out there. So I really, really appreciate the support. Please tell everybody that you know that we have 
uh, merchandise out there. The additions will be made to our site, iamalwaysrightpc.com. A link will be provided there as well. So you can always stay up to date and you can always buy the latest and greatest merchandise for ours, uh, for the show to be able to support us in any way you can. We really appreciate it. All right, Mike. Big news out of the way. Let's jump right in. WrestleMania Day 2. We're here, ready to go. Um, thoughts on Day 2 just in a in a vacuum for a second, okay. right? Like we talked about Day 1. We'll talk about that. We'll do a compare and contrast in a second. But Day 2, just from if, like, if that was the show, it was just yeah, day, day 2, two. how are you feeling about Day 2? Like what's your grade? Uh, not very good. <laughs> I knew um, that was coming. Yeah, it's, it's not a... It's not very good. No. Outside of Rhea and Charlotte yep. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. parts of the Firefly Funhouse, yep. that the show kind of hits pretty hard mm-hmm. below average. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably give it about a C-ish yeah. because I don't think it was very good. And I gave mm-hmm. Night 1 a B minus C plus. Right. So as you can tell, WrestleMania as a whole for me is about a C plus. But Night 2, outside of those two things... Probably right. see right, and you know it, it's hard because when you when you do two nights right, it, you there's going to be comparisons immediately yes. right. It, there it, you can't get around it. However, I I think I agree with you. I day two did not deliver for me mm-hmm. in, in a variety of reasons right. I mean I'm glad that they pulled the trigger on Drew McIntyre. Very happy with that. However, I will say that quite frankly I don't think the match was what it could have been. No. You know what I mean? I thought it was a little bit better than Brock. Or than Goldberg and Strowman, but that's not saying a lot. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say it's better. I just think that you care more. Right. You maybe, know what I mean? Maybe, like maybe I don't right. care about Strowman Goldberg, and I wanted Drew to win, right. so I was like, "This right. seems better invested, because right. I was more invested." Right. But I think the matches themselves were literally the exact same thing. Yeah. Right. And so for me, you know, I'm glad they pulled the trigger on Drew. I'm glad he's the champ now. Um, you know, it sucks that we're not, you know, we're finally going to get some live TV again, once again, thankfully. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think maybe that is part of it that we were, you know, a little more invested in that match than just a makeshift match. And you're just like, okay, well, yeah. I guess Braun's going to win the title now for some weird reason. Um, but outside of that, I thought the Firefly Funhouse, while interesting, while entertaining, mm-hmm. while, you know, unique and different... I think because of how good the Boneyard match was, I think it hurt the yes. Firefly Funhouse a bit. Two, it wasn't really a match. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was more of like a segment, I guess, mm-hmm. is the best way of putting that. I mean, when you only have two moves the entire show or the entire match, it doesn't. It didn't yeah. feel like a match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was It was weird. It was creative. I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was cool. But did I think that it was necessarily... Um, you know, like, oh my gosh, like, this is yeah. like the great, you know what I mean? Like, it was cool to pull out the NWO stuff with Cena because, you know, he's never turned heel. And, you know, the little hits about the Bellas and this and that. Like, it was it was very creative. It was yeah. unique. But from a match perspective, you're just like, yeah. all right, you know I mean? You beat him. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I mean, there wasn't much, like, technically to the match. I mm-hmm. think it was interesting to tell the psych like beating you down psychologically mm-hmm. because that's not really stuff that's gone on most time mm-hmm. usually um you think of a wrestling match as beating the crap like physically beating somebody down right like we saw in a last man standing match that went 38 minutes you yeah. really have to physically beat somebody down to a count of 10 or <laughs> whatever the case may be i feel like this one went a different avenue which i don't yeah. think many people are expecting expecting sure. or like are ready for when you're a wrestling fan you're like oh let's watch these two guys knock the crap out of each other but mm-hmm. this one was a lot of I'm going to psychologically beat you down to the point where, like, 
you're done. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to continue because, not because mm-hmm. physically you can't continue, but psychologically and mentally, you're like, I just can't right. keep going anymore. Right. And that's kind of what it was. And then he finished him with whatever the Sister Abigail or right. the right. Right. Thing, whatever yeah. it was. But I think it was all the psychological that made mm-hmm. the match way more enjoyable. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. Now, you hit on, do you think, real quick, do you think that if they would have flipped those, do you think if Firefly went first mm-hmm. on night one, and then they did the Boneyard Day 2. Do you think that the Firefly Funhouse would be getting more positive reviews? Um, because I don't, you saw it first and you're like, okay, that wasn't pretty, that was bad. And then you go, you're like, wow, but the Boneyard match was amazing. See, but I, think, I think you look at, once again, it's in a vacuum. Yeah. The problem is, I think you compare the two because yeah. those are the only two that were off site right. matches. Right. So when you compare the two, the Boneyard match is just better. Right. Like, no offense, it's just a better yeah. match. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. just makes more sense. It was actually a wrestling match, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a fight. So it was like an actual fight where the other one's like a psychological torture thing. Mm-hmm. So I think if it went first, I think it would have got positive buzz the first day. Yeah. But I think after you see the Boneyard match on you the second like, day, you would have been like, like wait, that Boneyard match is really good. Yeah. That's what the Firefly Funhouse could have been, been right. no matter what. So for sure. For sure. Let's talk I'll about two. Let's talk, uh, let's talk Edge, Randy Orton. Now, this yeah. one's the one I think that got the most people talking positive and negative. Obviously, great to see Edge back in action, right? It was nice to see that. Um, but also, at the same time, you know, it went heavy, right? It was, it was, you know, it ran long. It felt like it was... I felt at times it did drag a bit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, I don't think necessarily that I disliked it as much as maybe some others did. I, I know some people are just, like, crucifying this thing for, for a bevy of reasons. Maybe rightfully so or not, but... What were your thoughts on the match? Because I, I felt like with what they had, the 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 circumstances around it, I felt like they did as well as they could have for yes. the most part. You know, I do think that they would have benefited quite a bit from having a crowd and being able to kind of work the crowd a little bit and go mm-hmm. in the crowd and back out and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at the same time, considering that Edge has been off for nine years, goes almost 40 minutes, Yeah, that's pretty damn impressive. I um I think that the problem I have with this match is the length. Mm-hmm. I liked the very beginning. He comes out and mm-hmm. Randy comes out nowhere with the RKO and kind of starts the match on right. the beatdown. Right. I like the ending with the emotional ending where he doesn't want to end it, mm-hmm. but he has to to win the match mm-hmm. and like all that stuff. I think the be- the first five minutes and the last five minutes were good. I think the middle thirty two minutes are the part <laughs> that really like kills it for everybody. Yeah. I think if the middle part like you could have taken out like the whole segment going, like, into the conference room or wherever mm-hmm. they were, that like, you could take out whole chunks of this match mm-hmm. and it doesn't change anything. Right. Like, it's not like everywhere they went, there was, like, an impactful move that, yeah. like, really changed how the match was. Like, they fought in the the equipment room right. for, like, 15 minutes right. and at the end, they're just walking out of it to go to a different spot. Like, <laughs> you could just cut that whole part and nothing would have changed right. because Orton was still on the attack. Right. So I think there were just huge chunks that you could just, like, we could cut this out, make mm-hmm. it... 18, 16 minutes has yeah. still been as impactful and as good. Mm-hmm. It would have been I, a lot I do better. Think, I do think that the editing of the match itself did not lend itself to that either, right? You got cameramen getting knocked down. Oh, yeah. This and that, where I'm like, okay, you know. But at the same time, I will say from, you know, from a performer's perspective, I will say it did feel like a fight. It wasn't clean. It wasn't like something yeah. super choreographed, right? It was like it felt like... In all honesty, like it felt like they're like, no, I hate you, and I, yeah. you know what I mean, like, and there was times where, like I need a break because like you just punched me fifteen times, like it added, I feel like a little bit of realism to it, but I think also to your point, I think it ran a little too long. Where it's like, okay, if this was legit, 
you're not fighting for 38 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think you need. I think it was a hard line to walk where it was like, I because at moments you felt like okay, you know what I mean? Like they're really going at it. They're just mm-hmm. trying like. And I like the fact that they took their time in between some of the, you know, like you know, they're pushing the weight bench into them or they're doing this. Yeah. Or, it was because, you know, you're thinking, you're in the moment, you're like, it's not a planned spot. It's mm-hmm. a, I don't know what I'm going to do to you. All I know is that I want to hurt you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I can appreciate the little nuances they were trying to achieve. I think this match was severely affected by having no crowd and by not being on this grand stage where they had the weapons and they would have been able to, you know, I just feel like, yeah. With with way it was set up where they're like, okay, we got to kind of like do something weird here and kind of walk around the building and do stuff. I think if they would have just run through the crowd and, you know, did some yeah. step spots and that kind of stuff, I think that people would have been like, okay, yeah, that was, good. that was a good match. You yeah. know what I mean? So a little harder to see. Um, anything else that is, is memorable from night two necessarily? I mean, Drew winning the title, cool, yeah. right? Um, Charlotte, Rhea opening the show was a great opener. It was a great yes. match. I thought that was really well done. Um, is there anything else for you that really stood out where you were just like, you know, I could, like, if that match came on today, like, I'll sit down and watch this again. I don't know if I'd sit down and watch, but I do think the five-way women's match mm-hmm. was better than I thought it that would was gonna be. be. Right, for sure. And it made only, Tamina look strong. It made Tamina look strong. Yep. And I think I really liked the, and maybe this because SmackDown did a good job of this too, yeah. really building the tension between Bailey and Sasha. Yes, because I did. Because yes. from what I remember, at least in the match, because yeah. I guess I'd have to watch it again. Um, there was a part where like Sasha was either getting pinned or pinning somebody, right. and Bailey was like on the outside and could have felt. I think Sasha was getting pinned. Yeah, and she was it, she was in the and ring. She, was, she just kind of watched like yeah. And she was like saying there, she was like I could break it up, but at the same time, yeah. I'd rather go one on one against Lacey than one on one against Sasha. Right. And I think that subtle like storytelling, yes. and then going on to SmackDown on Friday, which builds to that is being like, hey, Sasha will fight you, Tamina, right. to get to me. Right. And like exactly. Sasha's like, why, why would, why I, would I fight right. you when exactly. you're the champion? Yes. I think that subtle storytelling is going to lead to a great match at a SummerSlam or whatever. And you're really, and you're really furthering Bailey's dominance as and really going with her heart as a heel, which I think yeah. is great. I'm loving Bailey as a heel. I, I do really, too. Really, really. Well, because really I love it because they're making like they're subtly making. Um, Sasha, Sasha Banks, a baby face, a baby face and right. someone that's like, I don't want to fight her because she's that good. Yeah. Like they're subtly building yes, that up, exactly. where it's not like she mm-hmm. just. So not- when the blow up finally happens, it's like, yes, yes. Like, we've seen it all along. It's about time. Yeah, I agree. Yes. And I just think that it's better than like Alistair Black beating up just like some random jobber every mm-hmm. single week because that doesn't really build you up. But right. like she's gonna get through Tamina, she's gonna get through these people, right. and and Bailey every single week going, I don't want to like. Do anything right. to have you're you. my biggest competition, so I'm gonna make sure that exactly. we're best friends. Yeah, yes. it makes it feel like Sasha's like almost gonna be unstoppable. Yes. So Bane's like, I can I don't want to fight you because of exactly. that. Which exactly. Which makes it really yes. good. Very subtle storytelling too. Okay. Night one, night two, you give night one the edge. hundred percent. Right? Okay, so now what's yeah. your if you know we're gonna be say five years from now, right? We're talking about cool. WrestleMania, whatever, yeah. okay? And we're you know, okay, we're talking sure. about it, so and so wins the world title, yada yada yada. Are you ever going to look back at this WrestleMania outside of the fact that there was no fans, right? Yes. And because of what's going on in the world right now, is this a WrestleMania you're going to look back on fondly? Just from a strictly match quality standpoint, you look back on it and go, that wasn't a bad show. Or are we going to look back on it like, say, 27 or something? And gonna, go, I think oh I'll, boy. I think I'll say. I will look back on it and remember, like, the three or four matches that mm-hmm. were, like, impactful. Like, there's stuff, like, you can go back to, like, 
I can go back to like WrestleMania 26. Yeah. That was the first one I really watched. Yeah. But like you can go back to like 17. I can be like I can name you like eight matches from that show. Right. Because I don't think it'll ever beat that. But no. I do think the top four, like the Boneyard match, I think you always go back and be like, what happened at 36? The Boneyard match. Right. Or exactly. McIntyre finally beat Lesnar. Right. And stuff like I think right. those moments you'll remember, but I don't think there's any anything that stands out. I don't to think there. Yeah. Right. I don't think this is ever gonna be like a, I'm gonna go back and watch 36 again mm-hmm. Mania. Mm-hmm. But it's also like. I'll watch the Boneyard match again. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. I and mean, Because it was a different feel. It was, it was a different unique. Feel. It was yeah. never been done before, for sure. Right. Well, I, I'll, I I'll watch McIntyre win the title again. Yeah, like, right. I'd watch Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan again. I thought yeah. that match was fantastic. I don't know why no one's talking about that. I thought it was good. I thought the ending fell flat, but outside yeah. of the ending, the actual last move of the match, I mm-hmm. thought the match itself was, was very good. Um, let's talk real quick, too, real quick, um, on just to kind of piece this, you know, put a bow on this. How much credit do you give WWE for still trying to put on a pretty good show? Yeah. Like, I wasn't. It wasn't phenomenal. It's not WrestleMania 17. No WrestleMania's ever been close to it. But it, you know, I could say it was better than other Manias for sure. You know I think. What I, mean? I think if I think if anything, it's going to be remembered. Oh, and yeah. I think because I think we've gone back. I think like 32 yeah. through 34 is a perfect example right. where I'll go. Do you remember this match at 33? And, and you'll be you like, no. no. Or right. it'd be like, who who was like the second match in thirty four? I don't know. No idea. I think thirty six and five years from now, I could be like, hey, who won the universal title at thirty six? Right. And no matter if you like it or not, you'll be like, I remember Braun Strowman winning it. Right. Or right. you'll be like, Roman was out. Blah, yeah. We'll be blah, like, blah, what blah, did right. Taker do at thirty six? Oh, he was in that Boneyard. Like, I think right. those like, I think you'll remember this mania. I don't whether for good or for bad reasons. I think you'll remember it. Right. For sure. Other than like these for other sure. ones that kind of match together. Right. I give him credit. I give him credit for for still going on with it. You know, whatever yeah, your thoughts on or. On the monetary aspects of it, we're not we're not going down that road. But I will say the fact that they went out there, that the talent went out there and still put on a hell of a performance and tried to go out there and give people an entertaining show, regardless of situation. Because quite frankly, you know, it's kind of hard to do that craft in front yeah. of nobody without mm-hmm. like being able to like stop. Hey, maybe we do this instead, and like you know, and and for it to be serious, and then for it to be legitimate, and the effort was there. The you know the thought was there. It was that's that's the kind of thing that you really you know you like to see from the talent. So I give WWE a lot of credit for that. Um, let's talk now. Well, let's shift a little bit from Vince McMahon's baby to his other baby that may not be doing so good. Um, the XFL. Now the XFL has come out this past week and basically said they are ceasing operations up until this point because it, you know the season got cut short due to COVID nineteen, right? Yes. Um, you know, ratings were dropping every single week. Uh, they were still the highest rated show on their respective channels, but numbers were dropping. Um, we get a half a season worth mm-hmm. of XFL football. We've talked at nauseum about how, how much we really liked the presentation. We thought the gameplay was good enough to get us another week, another week, another week, another season. Uh, your thoughts on the XFL basically saying, yeah, we're done. I mean, there's not a lot you can do. They're yeah. not. They're not the NFL. Like, yeah. if the NFL was in this direct spot, mm-hmm. they'd be like, "We'd either cancel or do whatever, but we'll right. come back next year because we have the money and everyone right. wants whatever." Right. XFL, it's it's kind of just like the additional right. league, so it's not like yep. the big four. Mm-hmm. So it's it has a lot more trouble with that. I I do think that eventually it will come back when everything goes back to normal. Mm -hmm. Maybe not like this, not maybe not like directly next year, Mm -hmm. but I think if you give it a couple years and everything goes back to like completely. Remember now, Vince is like 80. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but. You know what I mean? I I think. I get it, he's he's a freak genetically, but he's 80. (laughs) Yeah, I think think you can, I think it can 
come back. Right. And I hope it comes back because yeah. I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it was too. I thought it provided a nice void. It was a filler for a void that, you know, once football's done, you can still invest in it. And it honestly, was, you know what it did for me or anything else? It just made me able to like, because Lions games are so stressful all the freaking time. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I feel like, you know, you feel the same way with other teams, right? Like with a Seattle or whatever, yeah. where you're just like, I want them to win. Like, yeah. with all of my being, I want them to win this game, right? That's the same way we feel with the Lions a lot of times, where, you know, every week it's like, how, how do we find another way to screw this up? Where with this league, it was like, yeah, we found a team, we supported a team, but it was like, Win or lose, it's just fun to just kind of like take a step back for a second and just go, let's just watch it mm-hmm. just for the sake of the sport. Not yeah. so much like, I have so much riding on this. Like, it's not going to ruin my day, the Battlehawks, to win this game. Now, mm-hmm. do I want them to win? Yes, but is it is it going to kill me? Like, is it going to make my week a lot worse like if the Lions lose? Like, for me, the Lions lose on Sunday, it makes me pissed for the whole rest of the week. I'm just a, I'm, I'm a miserable bastard yeah. the entire time, right? So... For me, it's like it was a nice little reprieve where I can still be a fan, still have some interest, but not be like all in where I can just go, oh man, like we just got to make a play here. Like, come on, you know. I think the only thing I would change about the XFL is yeah. when they play, I think mm-hmm. they need to change it to a summertime if they did come back. Yeah. Because I think the, I think it's hard with the NBA there, yeah. especially because Sunday is not normally a big NBA game, but they always have one game on Sunday that's like Lakers-Clippers or something, where it takes all the people away and stuff. I think that they need, if they hit a summertime market, Mm -hmm. because baseball is a very, like, casual, it's a fun sport to watch, it's very casual, but not you don't have to watch every single baseball game because there's 162 of them, where I think, like, weekends you could dedicate to Mm -hmm. XFL football. Well, there's so many for the week, too. It's like, geez. Exactly, you can get your your four games in during the week, and then on the weekend you watch XFL football and go back. I think during the basketball season it's hard because you're like, oh, I really want to watch Lakers Clippers, but I also want to watch Battlehawks. And now you have to choose, where I think there's not as much, I have to watch this game in baseball yes. uh, in June because absolutely they absolutely. play a three-game series also, so absolutely. you can get yeah. one of them. Yeah, right, for sure. Hopefully, hopefully XFL comes back. I'd love to see it back. I don't know if it will. You know, people are kind of making fun of it a little bit. They're like, well, that's the last time before. But I'm like, it's not the same. It would have like, definitely yeah, have yeah. gone for three years, yeah. at least. Right, if, yeah. If, if we would have not if had COVID this, didn't yeah, happen. If we didn't have this whole virus thing going on, I definitely think that it had a chance. To be the first league, really, to be like, hey, you know, like, we're not, not rivaling the NFL. They've never claimed to rival the NFL, which is more of a, hey, there's an alternative here that you can watch after the NFL yeah. kind of thing, which was nice. We saw a couple guys get signed. I was going to say, I mean, how many guys from the original XFL got signed to NFL teams? I don't, besides Tommy Maddox, I don't know of any. Because yeah. already you got Jordan Tamu, yeah. you had PJ Walker. Walker, and you had a whole bunch of I know tight Storm end Norton, line. former Lion, he was, on, I think, on Tampa Bay, I think. He he got signed yeah. to a deal. So, like, um, all these all these guys from XFL are just getting signed now. So, yeah. I think their league was a lot more successful than people think. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, it, and it shed light on people and it made it you know a guy like pj walker coming out of college there's no reason to to even look at him quite frankly right but then when you see him against not as good of competition but good competition where you're all kind of you know looked at at the same and you see that cream rise in the top you're like wow he dominated for those Mm -hmm. five games it gets a guy in the door you Mm -hmm. know and like jordan tiamu 23 years old you know running the show for the second best team in the league you know, like, man, he's 23. Maybe there's something we missed. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So be able to get that extra footage, the extra game tape, the extra experience, all that stuff is like, okay, maybe we missed something in our initial evaluation. So now that he's going to – he went to Kansas City, didn't he? Yeah. Jordan Tiamu. Obviously, he ain't going to play. Yeah. But 
maybe some other team goes, all right, well, when you know, whenever their offensive coordinator um, gets an, a, a head coaching job, maybe he takes Tiama with him. It's like maybe he can be my – there's a lot of variables yes. here. You know what Great. I mean? So I wouldn't be shocked to see a small uh, pack sub-package for P.J. Walker in Carolina mm-hmm. if that's the way they want to do it with Bridgewater. You know what I mean? So it doesn't shock me. Let me put it that way. So um, farewell for now to the XFL. Hope you come back. Hope we see him sooner rather than later. But if not, it was fun. Well, I was, I was really hoping we were going to get like an XFL game. <laughs> like for just that little game? Bit. Yeah. Just for a couple of those eight teams that are in it. <laughs> it's really easy to draft. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, unfortunately it's going, it's going away. Hopefully it comes back, like I said. Hopefully we'll see it. All right. After the break, we're going full NFL madness all the way through. We're going to do another mock draft. I'll explain what's going on there. And then we're also going to do an AFC football conference quarterback rankings. Guys, the draft is just a couple weeks away. So mock draft season's kind of running its course a little bit. Right before we can talk about the actual draft, which is going to be fun. But, you know, so enjoy these mock drafts while we get it. These rankings are coming out. We're going to give you the whole landscape of everything that's going on quarterback-wise in the entire NFL. All that after the break. To ground. Hey guys, it's the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendaga, and we have huge news from the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast desk. Me and the Merc Zone have landed a deal with BelowTheCollar.com. You are officially going to get officially licensed I'm Always Right Sports Podcast merchandise for the first time ever in show history. I know we've talked about it for so long, and now is finally the time. BelowTheCollar.com. You'll see links in our YouTube. You'll see links uh, in the show description on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to our show. You'll see the link for that there as well. BelowTheCollar.com. You're going to see I'm Always Right Sports Podcast merch for the first time ever. Go check it out. Go support the show. Go buy the shirt. We really appreciate the support. Stay safe. Practice social distancing. And we'll be back with part two right after this. And welcome back to part two of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast, episode 72, a history-making one. 72? 73? You're looking at me. 72. Is it 72? All right. Yeah, I lose count now. We've done so many of these bad boys, I I lose count. But a history-making one nonetheless. I'm Always Right Sports Podcast merchandise is coming your way. I'm Always Right Sports Podcast has decided to join up with BelowTheCollar.com. Um, if you just missed our announcement at the beginning of the show, I'm going to tell you again anyway because I'm super excited about it. Belowthecollar.com uh, forward slash I'm always right PC is the link. You'll see it in the show description on both YouTube and wherever you like to listen to podcasts, whether that's Spotify, iTunes, we're there. Um, so you'll be able to get all of your I'm always right sports podcast merchandise, including the show logo right here. You'll be definitely be able to hook that up. Um, please go and support the show. Buy the shirt. We really appreciate it. All the funds that we get um, from the shirt proceeds, we'll just go right back into the show. We don't make any money off this, guys. Everything that we've done, everything that we've had to give uh, as far as monetary value goes, it all goes towards the show. It all goes for you guys. We really appreciate all the support. Like I said, once again, go to the belowthecollar.com. Not only buy our shirts, but if you have other favorite podcasts, they may be on the show or on the site as well. So go ahead and support all your favorite podcasts there as well, musicians, artists, all that good stuff. Um Let's jump right in, though, Mike, to part two of the episode like we were talking about. It's NFL mock draft season is coming to an end. Two weeks, Mike. Two weeks. Finally, we can start talking about what we actually did instead of what we could possibly do. Mm-hmm. You know, in my mind, just real quick, with all the talk that we've been doing, and we're going to do a trade here in, in another mock draft simulator, but... 
do you feel like just a little bit that nothing's gonna happen and we're just gonna want to pick it at three? Yeah. <laughs> like, because like, I'm, I'm really getting like with all the report, like all lines are talking, people trying to trade down. I'm like, yeah, but it's not gonna be worth it for them to do it, and you know, I, we I think last year, yeah, they were we had talks and we were like, we probably won't get eight, mm-hmm. but like if we do. Right. We're picking Hawkinson, probably, right, or whatever. Right, exactly. Like, it was, like, one of those things. Yeah. It's, like, this year, it's, like, we probably won't pick a three, but if we do, we're taking Jeff Okuda or whatever. Right. But, like, we're just going to end up picking three and picking exactly. Jeff Okuda. Right, exactly. And then we're going to come on next or two weeks from now and go, So we took out Jeff so Okuda, we took, yeah. <laughs> and we really like the pick. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, real quick, before we actually get in this draft, though, um, what is more likely for you that something crazier happens in the first two picks, where somebody trades up with Washington, okay. Miami, I, I, Peter King made a great example where they, he said there's some reports that Cincinnati likes Justin Herbert a lot. Apparently, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but okay. So, with that being said, say that Cincinnati goes, maybe we can trade down a little bit, still get Herbert, right? Say Miami is in love with Joe Burrow, yeah. right? They like him way better than Tua or Herbert, blah blah blah. Miami's got five number ones in the next two drafts, three and two yeah. respectively. If they said gave up four number ones, like say two this year or three next or three all three this year, one next year, they would still have a first round pick next year. Mm-hmm. They still have multiple second round picks, and they would have Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. right? Is that something for you that you could possibly see happening at number one? Just before we actually get into this, because in every mock draft simulation ever, Joe Burrow is going number one. Yeah. So in this case, though, do you think that's more likely than say the Lions trade down to say like nine or something crazy like that? Um. I guess like, it could happen, yeah. but at the same time, I don't think. I think it's a smokescreen. Personally, see, I think well, yeah, yeah, one, yeah. I do think it's a smokescreen. I yeah. don't think you can pass. I don't think Cincinnati can pass on Joe Burrow because mm-hmm. they're Cincinnati. Right. And that sounds awful to say, but like if we were picking number one, and if we had the number one and we didn't have Stafford, right? And like everyone's like, you have to pick Burrow because he threw sixty-five touchdowns, okay, right. and one interception, and had seven million yards. How do you mm-hmm. not pick him? And we pick like. Justin Herbert, and then we get screwed because Joe Burrow is the next like yeah. Patrick Mahomes, and right. we have yeah, and we got and short we arm McGee, short arm McGar- yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Then like you just look bad. Yeah. So you like sure. at Cincinnati, if you're picking them one, you have to pick Burrow. Yes. Because and it's like the same thing where if, if Chase if Young falls, Chase to Young three, falls to three, we have you, to take you Chase have Young. to take Chase Young yeah. because you don't want to be that team that picks Okuda, but Chase Young is the next J.J. Watt or yes. Joey Bosa. Yes. And then you go, oh, so we could add him, but we have a good corner instead. Right, yeah, he's good, but he's just okay yeah. compared to, yeah, right. It's, so it's the same thing. It's, so it's a loaded I don't, dice, I don't a... see Cincinnati going out of it unless they get 15 yeah. first-round picks. I don't, right. because I'm like, Joe Burrow can now, probably Now, now if you're Cincinnati, though, right, say you, say something crazy happens, in, in, in an alternate universe, I could see them saying, we like Joe Burrow, but man, we really like Trevor Lawrence. So, and we I take Chase Young. We're terrible. We're terrible, right? <laughs> or we maybe we trade out of and then take whoever, take a guy, Simmons, whoever, right? Out of at five, Miami gets their quarterback. Blah blah blah. Now we've got like eight first round picks to deal with, right? We say we get three this year. We're gonna make the defense better. We're gonna and then we're just still terrible. Trade. We have number one pick. Take Lawrence anyway. You know what yeah, I mean. So like, I think there's, that's there's that's some plausibility. I think here. that could happen too. Yeah, I, I think I think that's why a guy like Jordan Love and Jake Fromm are going to fall more than I think people think are going to because teams are going to go. We're going to be bad, but maybe we'll be bad enough to land him. Yeah. And, or or Justin Fields because those are going to be the two big fish next year. Yeah, where you probably. go. 
We can if we can land one of those guys, way better than any like this over here is developmental where I gotta work with this. This is gonna step in day one and be my 100%, starter. You know yeah. what I mean? So a little bit of playing around there to do with, but let's jump into what the lines are gonna do. So what I've done is we're on the same profootballnetwork.com with the trade simulator, okay? So what I've what I've done for you already, because I think this is gonna be most likely the option that winds up happening. Is that the Lions trade with the Chargers? Now, yep. this mock draft thing is a little weird. They're very like no about a lot of trades that a lot of people projected. So to make the to make the numbers work, I gave the Chargers number three and pick one hundred nine, which is our fourth round pick. Sure. We get back pick six, pick thirty seven, their second round pick, and their fourth. So we flip floors, right? We drop right. three spots in the fourth round, basically. We get sure. one twelve. Okay? okay, just to make the the numbers work. So. Let's just say this is the compensation. Do I want more than this in real life? Yes, I do. But th the way this was working, this is the only way I could really get the, the trade to work. We okay. would still get a two, okay? So once again, you're going to be Bob Quinn. You're going to be BQ okay. with that sweet baseball bat. we got to buy baseball bats for the draft and sit next to each other and go like this as he twirls it. Like, okay. You ever seen those videos yeah. of Bob Quinn? Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Okay, so we're going to... Jordan Love first. We're gonna, <laughs> right? So we're going we're gonna to resume the draft now, right? We're going to see... Joe Burrow, Chase Young, right? Now, it's the, now the Chargers take Tua. And then Isaiah Simmons goes four to the Giants. Justin Herbert goes five to the to the Dolphins. So in this case, right, the, this is a probably somewhat of a dream scenario. The scenario I think that most Lions fans are hoping happens if they trade down, right? Yeah. Is that Jeff Okuda is still there. Derek Brown's still there. All the tackles are still there. Is 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 he the pick for you? Is is Jeff um, Okuda the pick? Yes. Okay. Can I make it? Uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. I've been hearing that, like, other teams want to trade up, and even if we trade down, there's a chance that we could trade down farther. Really? And that's what I want to do. Ooh. Ooh like, like someone like a Jacksonville, like, would want to Here's go Here's the thing now with that, right? And, well, before we continue to go on, right, is that in this way, right, Derek Brown goes seven to Carolina, Makai yeah. Becton goes eight, and then nine is Tristan Morris. Jacksonville's 11. So, yeah. oh, they made a trade. I'm sorry. They made the, a trade, the yeah, Jets, yeah. The Jets. Jets they would so. normally be nine. Right, they would be nine, right? Okay, yeah. so in this case, though, right, say Jacksonville is at nine. If you can land Okuda there, cool. I don't think he gets pie Carolina. I don't think so either. You know what I mean? They lost Bradbury. Josh Norman's been gone for several years, right? That's a, that's a risk. And then if you move back down to nine, whoa, you better be getting some major compensation Agreed. moving back, you know what I mean? So I, 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 you know, depending on the board falls, say, in all honesty, right, say for whatever reason, if we make the trade with the Chargers and the Chargers just go and take two and then the Giants take Okuda, then you go, well, crap, that kind of blew up and everything. Then trade down. Trade down at, at yeah. your will at that point, you know what I mean? But in this case, I like I like Okuda as the pick. Uh, CeeDee Lamb goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ruggs, uh, C.J. Henderson. Jordan Love goes 14 to Tampa. Probably could have made this go a little bit faster, but it I was is. Gonna say, we are yeah. we are slugging in this one out, guys. <laughs> Denzel Mims goes twenty three to New England. We're only gonna go for like the first couple rounds. We're not gonna go through the whole. Oh, draft. Okay. Okay, okay. I have it set up that way, but we won't actually. Okay. Um. All right. So now we're at pick thirty five. Just to give you guys some updated some numbers, right? Uh, Xavier McKinney, safety out of Bama, goes twenty five. Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor, goes twenty three. He is a guy. I think a lot of Lions fans wouldn't mind getting in the second round. Who uh, Denzel Mims out of okay. out of Baylor, but he is continuously rising up a lot of draft boards. I've, I've heard AJ Espinenza does not fall in the second round. He is eighteen to Seattle. Apparently, Seattle made a trade there. 
Um, Trevon Diggs goes to the corner. Javon Kinlaw goes to, uh, to Carolina. Uh, you like that pick, AJ Espinosa, mm-hmm. for New England? Because they have no pass rushers. They gave up. Oh, they gave up. Uh, they gave up pick twenty-seven and their first-round pick next year to Miami. So sure. Miami's got three first-round picks in this in this scenario. Okay, yeah, so now here, right? Whatever. Pick 35. Um, Cesar Ruiz was the guy you took last time I know. at 35. Now, here's the deal, though. With the trade we make with, with the Chargers, you've got pick 35 and pick 37. Here's where you get a little interesting, right? This is where this is why a lot of people are like, man, you got a lot of good guys out there. Cesar Ruiz is out there. Patrick Queen, outside linebacker. Grant Delpit is there, which, man, it would be really hard for me to pass him up. J.K. Dobbins is there. AJ Terrell, where where do you think that you would go? I mean, See, it's tough because I think I might look at Jonathan Taylor, really, as a okay. power back, just because I like carry on, mm-hmm. but I think a one-two you, power back. Combo you like you is like? Great. Do you like Taylor better than Dobbins? Um, Dobbins is still there. That's what I'm yeah, asking. Um, if I could take Taylor in the second round, yes. Mm-hmm. My thing is, I don't think he makes it to the middle of this or early this is the, this round. is the top of. So we're yeah. pick three, and then we have picks. I know, but you know, five. I, I, I don't. I think J.K. could be in the middle of the second or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can get uh, Taylor in really? like, in the same spot. I think okay. I think Taylor's better. Okay. But I think, yeah. It's all yeah, preference. Taylor, yeah, they're the same, I mean, they're, they're the same preference, for sure. So I, I just like two power backs. Right, for sure. Now, here's where you have to play the board here. So, in between Man. us and our next pick... Let's assume there are no more trades out of the first Yeah, two. no, that's right. Because, honestly, the way the board has fallen, you could maybe move around a little bit more. Yeah, uh, agreed. But I think... Um, yeah. So, we're at 35. Yep. Do you, now, do the Giants take Caesar Reeds here? Yeah. Because this is where you could play it. Because right. I think you could pick Jonathan right. Taylor. Right. They don't pick him. You get Caesar. Right. And you're in that one two spot. You're in like a and great two, spot. Like, there. Like, let's look at the defense. Right. Marlon Davidson's still there. Right. Uh, Zach Bond, the, the the linebacker. Josh yeah. Uche, which I definitely think, especially if they make this trade, mm-hmm. Josh Uche is I'm almost guaranteed mm-hmm. on their board and is high on their board in the yeah. second and third rounds because especially in this case. I think in in probability, right? We're only going to do one of these because we're not we don't get all the time in the world here. So I'm kind of agreeing with where you're going so far. But um, with with where they're at as a roster, right? I think more likely the scenario if they don't do any more trades, they only trade out of three to the six, and they get the compensation that we've projected to get. They get there. I think they could easily take Uche and then an interior offensive lineman. Thanks. And yeah. and that's where they go. But I also don't mind your logic of. Jonathan Taylor's there. He's the best running back in the draft. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Well, That's tough. It's hard because if you pass on – because I think – because my defense at end of choice, if you can get in the third round, yeah. is Curtis Weaver. Yeah. I think he's very yeah, you're good. Big, and, you're really high on And him. if he's yeah. a high third, yeah. I don't think you really need to go D-line there. Mm-hmm. And I think linebacker you're pretty good at. Oh, you've got a lot of linebackers. So right you have now, a lot right. of linebackers. Sure. Now, if they're good linebackers, that's yet to be seen. But, like, you have, <laughs> you have the depth of linebacker to choose yes. from. Yes. So – and I think your defensive backs with – Mm-hmm. Okuda being picked, yeah. I think, is almost with, firmed with up Trufant, there. Trufant, Coleman, Awarie is your top four. Yeah, along with, with Tracy and um, yeah, Tracy Walker, Will, Will Harris, Harris. Deron Harmon. Right, yeah. you got another guy too uh, from the Jets as a corner too, yeah, who, who so, is a spot starter. Yeah, so yeah. I think with that, I don't really think you need yep. to go defense here. Okay, so, so which is why I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor and hope this falls the right way. Okay, cool. All right, so Jonathan Taylor goes to the Lions, running back out of Wisconsin, and then. Patrick Queen. Oh, so the Jets, so the Pittsburgh Steelers traded up. Okay. They gave up their 21, 21 second, and they take Patrick Queen, which is kind of surprising because they took 
Devin Bush last year. I know Patrick Quinn plays outside, yeah. but nonetheless. They okay. do run like a 3-4. That's so true. Okay, that so pick help. 37 so 37. Now, this has fallen the exact way that we would like it to, right? Mm-hmm. Cesar Ruiz is still there at 35. Is there anybody else, if this way falls, where you're like, no, they have to take the best interior offensive lineman at this point? I don't think they have to, but I think it would be the – because I think that's where your weakest. Like, okay. I do like Grant Delpit with you, wow, like 100%. I, I love Grant Delpit a lot. Like, do, is our safeties good enough to get through this year? Yes. yes, they are. Is our yeah, O-line... I think that's why they made the trade for Harmon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is our O-line good enough to get through this year? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and with that question yeah. mark is why I would go Caesar Ruiz over... And honestly, over in, in, sometimes I know some safety. people are going to roll their eyes at, at the running back pick, right? But like, let's put this in perspective just for a second here, guys. You are the Lions. You have the number three pick in every single round, mm-hmm. right? Except I think the fourth, fourth or something like that, yeah, right? Sure. So, um, and, and... You're coming off a 3-13 and 13 year. Mm-hmm. You're coming off of a year where your coach is fighting to save his job. Your GM needs to hit. If we pick Cesar Ruiz here, Okuda is a starting corner. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is probably your starting running back. Him and Carrion are, him and carry on, right? are one-two punches. Right, exactly. And you look at the Niners, and the Niners have a way better offensive line than the Lions do. Right. But when you look at the Niners, you see what their one-two punch can do. Right. Oh, Carrion gets hurt and or it's tired. When Jimmy oh, cool. Garoppolo can play, throw nine passes in an NFC Championship game, yeah. that's how you know that you've built something well. Exactly. Right? And so here, if we take Caesar Ruiz, you've got three starters in three picks. Mm-hmm. And we're not even at the third round yet. So put that... Let's just put that in perspective for ourselves for a second. Do I love Grant Delpit at safety? Yes. yes. I think he's awesome. But does he fit Tracy Walker's role? Yes. So You yeah. know what I mean? So and there's I, and other I, guys. I, yeah, exactly. That's what yes. I mean. I don't think we need a safety. Like yeah. I do think like a fourth round, if you can steal a guy, yeah. sure, right. or whatever. Right. But I think you need mm-hmm. the best interior offense alignment. Right. I think Caesar does that for okay. you. Okay, so we're going to take Caesar Ruiz. Me and Mike are kind of mind-melding on this one, guys. So stay with us. Maybe if we have enough time, I'll check our timing here. Maybe we can continue on. Okay, so Caesar Ruiz is the pick. So that was the other additional second-round pick we got with trading with the Chargers. Okay? See, Dobbins goes so Dobbins goes after, Dobbins, so Julian Aguara, T. Higgins, get uh, Baltimore trades up to get T. Higgins. That's good for them. Yeah, Cushenberry. Um, we're going to let this kind of play out here. I, I wish I would have made this faster. but Jalen Hurts goes 52 to the Rams. Zach Vaughn, Marlon Davidson. Oh, boy. If you're, oh, there goes Curtis Ringer. Uh, the freaking Vikings. Oh, Grant Delphi. Grant Delphi. Dude, you're loving Seattle's draft right now. <laughs> Seattle's just hanging their draft out Raekwon right Davis, defensive tackle. Okay, so we are at pick 67 now, the third overall pick in the third round. Um, See, this is where you can go back and go, I think we might have messed up. And here's why. Because <laughs> I think, because when you look at with the running backs left, yeah. I would also love to have... Clyde Edwards-Hilaire right. in the third round. Because right. I think he can work the same way. Now, Jonathan Taylor is much, much better. Mm-hmm. But I think if you get him in the third and you can pick a defensive end that's mm-hmm. just a top-notch guy in the second, mm-hmm. I think that probably works out in a better hindsight 2020 vision. What's, what's really blown up in your face in this particular instance is a couple things. Two, defensive end is bare yeah. now. And a lot of, you know what I mean? Like, eek, you know what I mean? Like, this is not... I'm not thrilled with those options. Honestly, you could go offense again. Brandon Ayuk in third is a really good wide receiver that you need wide receiver help. Yeah. But I don't know if you're going to be able to get out alive <laughs> if you take the best. Exactly. If you take the best defense player on your board and then you go offense, offense, offense <laughs> with yeah. a team that's the offense with Stafford was playing at a high level. So you go, ah, oh, crap. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> 
Also, I think that Tyler Biadias out of Wisconsin, that center, I think can also do mm-hmm. very well in the mm-hmm. system too. Yeah. So I think that's where you can. It's, it's just yeah. depending on how that board falls. Okay. And so the, the ball, the 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 it's falling the way it's falling. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think Raekwon Davis went about Ross Blacklock. Those two picks right there. 62 and 64 respectively, I think those hurt a lot. Because yeah. I think if you're Lions fans, you go, okay, as long as one of those guys falls, that's probably the pick. Yeah. Um, in this case, what it, where are you going? Are you going linebacker? Are you going I'm going to go defense end because defensive I end? think we need something. Okay. So I guess I'll go um, um, Khaled Kareem out okay. of Notre Dame. Hopefully that he hits. Mm-hmm. I don't know. See, at this point, I don't scout that far mm-hmm. in the defensive ends. They right. probably have all these guys. Just oh, yeah. And everything, got, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, right. So I don't know mm-hmm. who would be the pick here. I'm going to assume it would be him because he's out of Notre Dame. So I would assume he's a yeah. higher quality guy. But right. okay. I don't know too much about him. But okay. he, you needed an edge See, Brandon Ike goes, goes to uh, the Vikings, right? Okay, so we have one more pick in the third. We'll probably do our fourth round pick, too. Um, and we'll see how we're doing on time here with the show. Um, anybody else really that's going... Oh, Clyde Edwards falls quite a bit. Wow. Okay, so, all right, so now the way I'm looking at it, in my opinion, right, with the way this is kind of left up here, I think Lakey Fotu is probably needs to be the pick. If not yeah, that, probably. I think a wide receiver, one of the two, because in my... Like, Don Peoples-Jones is still there. That's a guy. Chase Claypool, my guy, is still there. I like that a lot. I don't know if Fotu falls that far. Well, there's a lot of trades happening here and later on here. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think... Fotu in the third or fourth round. I think maybe you could, I mean, there's a lot of picks here before round four. But I think that would probably be the, the pick probably. of the fourth. Um, what, do you, what do you like better? I, I'm really high on Chase Claypool, more than I think maybe some others are. I think he's got I think he's good hands. I think, you know, he's a big dude. He separates. He's not 4-240, right? But I think he just... His combine workout to me stood out. Let me put it that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, where, I don't, where, where, where's see, your logic? I, I look at it as I don't think we need a wide receiver, as in, like, we need a wide receiver Correct. right now. Correct. Because I think you have three guys with Hawkinson that mm-hmm. are suitable enough mm-hmm. if they don't get hurt, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Defensive, I think defensive line is where your need is. Mm-hmm. So I think that who's Lake Ufutu, Lake Ufutu or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the defensive tackle yeah. out of I think uh, Utah, Utah who, who fills the Danny Shelton role. Exactly. Basically. I think you get the edge rusher, but you don't know if he's going to work out. I think you can secure that defensive tackle position mm-hmm. up with Danny Shelton and him. Okay. And then, you know, with Deshaun Hand and Romeo Akrara, with yep. him in there and yep. Austin Bryant, I think you can formulate some kind of pass rush mm-hmm. with those guys. And then guys. Trey Flowers and Jamie Collins. And Trey Flowers, yes. and yeah. Right, for I sure. think you can start doing that okay. a little bit, too. All right, so, we, so, so you want to take Foto here? Yeah, we can take, yeah we'll okay. take him. Okay, so Foto. And then two. I think the next one almost has to be wide receiver just okay. for depth purposes. Mm-hmm. Malik um, Harris, another guy of Ohio State, That that's a guy I think that maybe might be on their board, too. He's yeah. an outside linebacker, but I, I wouldn't. that wouldn't shock me. Peoples-Jones yeah, Peoples goes to Tennessee. Yep. Uh, Gabriel Davis. New England goes offensive tackle. Safety, tight end, tight end, run on tight ends here. See, I'm glad we don't take tight end this year. Yeah. Tight end draft this year sucks. Dang, Chase Claypool went. Okay, now I got a question for you here as as the draft kind of falling. A guy like Zach Moss or a Cam Akers out of Florida State, right? Does that at all, if you're Bob Quinn, make you hesitate on taking a running back as early as we did in ours, right? Because here's my logic. Just for a second, right? It, it, if if you're using ours for a second, you go, all right, you took the best corner. You took the best running back in, mm-hmm. in some people's mind. I personally like Dobbins better, but it, the argument can be made, right? Mm-hmm. 
that took the best corner in Okuda, took the best running back, you took the best interior offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. That's what you did in your first three picks, right? Yeah. Theoretically. But and that same note, you could have also taken maybe say you know one of the, you know maybe not the best outside linebacker, but a good off- outside linebacker or a good defensive end, and waited till now where a guy like Cam Akers was there, Zach Moss, you could have taken late third, mm-hmm. got a, out of Utah. What in your mind would you have rather just had like nope, he's the best guy on the board in a position of need, take him, or would you go? This is a position need, but maybe not as high a position need, so maybe let's take the second or third best defensive end mm-hmm. rather than taking the best running back. What What are your thoughts on, on, that, I think, on that trade-off, I guess? See, I think looking back, I think you could have gotten running back later yeah. and gone defensive end, yeah. but I think when Jonathan Taylor's staring you in the face... It's hard. It's, it's hard, hard not pick. to yeah, because he's... Sure. Ideally, the best running back. And running back is not a secure position that you have Mm-mm. set in stone. Carry-on's very good, but carry-on also has not played a whole, f- whole season. Yeah, and if healthy. you have a one-two punch, I think you saw with the Niners and some of these yep. run-based teams yep. that I think... And I think Stafford works best when he can do play-action passes. And yep. I think it just works as a whole. So I don't think you can pass up okay. on Jonathan Taylor at that okay. point. Yep. And I think if it... Hin- I don't think it hinders because I don't think... Mm-hmm. Those guys, like the different ends that you mentioned, yep. Yep. are going to just come in and be Nick Bosa's right. or something. I think you still have Trey Flowers and Deshaun Hand that are going to be your starting edge guys. For sure. For so sure. I don't think okay. anyone that you get at that point is going to help. Okay, so we're just going to do this last pick here, round four here, and then we'll just we're just going to wrap up. The, and then after that, it's everybody else. So yeah. in my opinion, I think the best player for us is KJ Hill out of wide uh, yeah. for the wide receiver, right? So if we take him, right? So just to go, we're not going to go through all seven rounds. We don't got that kind of time. We're not. We got other stuff to take care of on this show. But just to give you guys an overview of we basically made the trade with the Chargers. We get their second and we get and we swap force and we get their so they got out of that, they got Tua and Zach Moss. The Chargers mm-hmm. did. We out of that trade, we got Okuda, Caesar Ruiz, and KJ Hill. So you know, you got at least three starters, Jonathan Taylor, Caesar Ruiz. Um you, you, you got better. Let me put it that way. You got mm-hmm. better with this draft, right? It, the way if that falls that way, maybe you're not maybe necessarily thrilled you took Jonathan Taylor there. If you think that there's a guy that can give you similar output year one, maybe a little bit later, I don't know. But that's the way the draft falls, obviously. It's a it's always a, oh, if I would have known, then, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, kind of thing. So I think I like that draft, though. I think, I think a lot of Lions fans would be happy. Okay, after the break, we're going to go part three. The mock draft went a little long for us. After the break, we're going to go... AFC Conference Rankings All-Quarterback Edition. Mike is going to be, you know, Mr. Stickler here on ranking his quarterbacks within each division. And then he's also going to give us our top five in the conference outside of, I think, probably one and two, I'm guessing. So outside of that, we're going to talk about all that good stuff after the break. Stick around. Hey, guys. It's the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. And we have huge news coming from the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. The official I'm Always Right Sports Podcast T-shirt and official merchandise is dropping soon at belowthecollar.com. We have just made a deal this past week to get our merchandise to you through them every single time that you want to buy a gift for a friend, family member. Why not give them a shirt to their favorite Detroit locally sourced podcast, the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I mean, what better way? I know Mike has been thinking about it. I mean, when he asks a girl out on a date... Don't bring her flowers. Bring her an I'm Always Right Sports Podcast t-shirt. If I'm, What am I going to get my wife, the brain, Emily Mendica, for her birthday? I'm not getting her makeup. I'm not getting her jewelry. I'm getting her the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast t-shirt. What better way to say I love you? What better way to say, hey, what's going on? What better way to say, hey, you mean a lot to me than getting them an I'm Always Right Sports Podcast t-shirt? I don't know of another way to do it. 
And quite frankly, neither do you. So go to the site, belowthecollar.com, for all your I'm Always Right Sports Podcast merchandise needs. Now here's a special part three episode coming your way. And welcome back to a special part three. We've been doing a couple of these, man. Mock draft stuff's heating up. Got quarterback rankings. Just wait till the just wait till the NFL season schedule comes out. Oh my gosh! And I'm, I'm just oh my gosh. We might, that break, might be like an 18 part episode. I know. We're gonna break that down hardcore. We're gonna do something that we've never done before when the NFL schedule comes out. So be prepared for that. Uh, me and Mike did it off air last year, just to give you guys a little bit of a hint. And um, it's it's a time-consuming one, but it's something that you can do with your friends at home. It's, it's a fun time for sure. Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised at what the results are it coming really out is. of it. Because you think you're a homer until you really break it down and you yeah. don't think about it. It's pretty crazy, yeah, actually. We, and we're going to do the same thing for college football yes. probably on the show, too. Exactly. Once this all dies down and Kyle yes. can come back, it'll be a lot more fun for sure. having all three of us do this. Yes, also. absolutely. It's going to be a good time. So, uh, obviously, some, some really big stuff coming your way. A lot of fun stuff. Um a lot of what-ifs uh, scenarios coming our way yeah. pretty soon here. But as we get through this whole coronavirus thing, let's go right into the AFC quarterback rankings. Now, the reason why we do these rankings for a couple reasons. One, Mike played quarterback in high school. He kind of knows the position. I'm a football coach from the youth level, so I'm, I'm dealing on the offensive side of the ball a lot. So, you know, there's a relative stuff where, you, you know, I'm not saying that we're the best evaluators in the world, but I will say that sometimes it's nice to be able to go, I see what they're seeing. You know yes. what I mean? Um in this case here, Mike is the king of rankings, in my opinion. He really breaks it down for us and gives you the, all the know. So if you're if you're a team that you maybe don't know where a specific position is at, be sure to write us at iamalwaysrightpc.com uh, on our contact page. If you want to know where you think the Colts are staying in that running back, right, where are the guys to go to? If you want to know it, it, what what's Mike's thoughts on Philip Rivers, we're going to get into that right now. So let's break it down here. Mike, what's the first conference or first division you want to go over? Uh, we're going to go AFC East because okay. it's the first one on this list I got. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So right. I'm going to go in order. Okay, cool. So all right, let's go. What, what first team we evaluate? Okay, uh, we're going New England. Okay. I think this is the most interesting team because you just got the loss of Tom Brady, obviously. Yes. So you're kind of not sure where you're at. At yes. this moment of the recording, they're probably mm-hmm. going to go with uh, Stidham mm-hmm. at quarterback. Yep. Could obviously draft a Jordan Love, yep. Jake Fromm. Yep. Even reports that people want they want to see him jump up to try to get Tua. That's, that's yeah, that's, that's crazy. iffy. They're gonna give away everything to do that. <laughs> um, Your thoughts on just Stidham though? Say they go in with Stidham go and just, Hoyer as their quarterbacks. What? Where are they at? Are they like? Are they hurting? And do they do they know that they're gonna be hurting? And they're kind of okay with it if they're. I think they're. I think they're totally okay being. Five and eleven, if yeah. that's how it has to be, right. because I think there was you can look next year and have that opportunity, mm-hmm. which I would that, just they, be that, off the can wall. Can you imagine if somehow Trevor Lawrence goes to New England? You I would know, be off the wall. It's like it's like Green Bay. It's like oh, you have Favre. Oh, let's just wind up taking Aaron Rodgers. Rogers you're like too. son of a. Or you're the Colts. All right, we got Peyton Manning. Okay, we go through one bad year. I guess we get to take Andrew Luck now. I guess Dang so. It. Yeah. Darn it, man, life sucked. It's crazy when you think about but I think that may be the plan, honestly, yep. unless they take a quarterback in this year's draft. I also wouldn't be mad if they got, like, a Jordan Love, because I think he can develop and be great. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Um, with, with, with McDaniels there, for sure. Yeah. All right. But sticking to this season, yeah, for sure. I think Stidham is a guy that you can throw in. He sat behind Brady for a year or two now. I think he's a guy that won't turn the ball over. And Brian Hoyer the same way, yeah. whoever they decide to start. Yeah. I don't think they'll turn the ball over too much. 
Yep. And I think the defense is good enough where if you want to make a run, yep. I think you could still be a winning season mm-hmm. football team. Mm-hmm. Just I don't I don't see them going much farther because of their quarterback play. Okay, let's talk let's talk Buffalo here. Josh Allen. They Buff- had a, they had a they had a big year last year. Big year. That defense is phenomenal, but Josh Allen, jury's still kind of out on him. Yeah, right. Josh Allen would be for me a I will keep for about three years. I'm in the testing waters where, right now. Where are you? Allen. Sorry, so now we're going into year three of Josh Allen, yeah. right? Now, are you saying a three additional? So basically, I'm going like I think this is the test the waters. Okay. Because I don't know, you might be the I can get ten wins with you, but I can't get that playoff win. Right. Like you're in that boat where I'm like 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 how Kirk Cousins is. Right. Where I'm like you're very good in the regular season. Mm-hmm. You're mobile. Yeah. You you throw pretty well. You can throw far. So yep. Crap. Good athlete. You're a great athlete. Yep. But when it comes playoff time and you're going against Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar right. Jackson, can you keep up? are you going to keep up with them? Right. Or is it going to be, if our defense doesn't stop them, we're right. losing this we're game. Screwed, right. And we have to find someone to take us over the hump. Right. So do you think, do you think it, let's just put it this way, right? Do you, do you think that as long as Buffalo maintains some modicum of success, which this is their time, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. Ones on the downturn. If you're Buffalo, now is the time. You have to. Do you think year. that? Do you think that they think he's the guy to get them with the way their defense plan? Sean McDermott, great head coach, great defensive mind. Is do you think that they keep him long term? Like, put it this way: Are they picking up his fifth year option? Um, it's all a, a year from now. It's all on this year. I yeah, think if okay. you, I think if you win a playoff game, I think you're secure with okay. him okay. because I think at that point you go, if we can win a playoff game with you, yep. we could probably win multiple playoff mm-hmm. games with you. For sure. However, if you go and you lose to the Texans again, you go, can we win a playoff game with you? Right. It's kind of like okay. Andy Dalton, where it's like, right, right. You, you're good, you're, you're serviceable, good. we'll pull a good team around you. Okay, but now we need that extra yeah, to get us exactly. Over the top. Okay, let's talk. Miami. Now we're not going to talk Miami as far as they're. I'm assuming they're going to take quarterback, right? I'm assuming it's yeah. going to be one, but we yeah. don't know who yet. For sure, so right? It's hard so, to discuss you know, that one. Fitzpatrick, Rosen, um, Jake Rudolph. <laughs> yeah. At this point, yeah. I would. I think. I think they're probably in the worst position for quarterbacks. Yeah. Turning into probably a, one of the okay. better positions. Right. Um. But at the moment, mm-hmm. I think Fitzpatrick is serviceable. I think Fitzpatrick is. I think he's a very good backup. Like I, I would I have too. not like if he was not if he was a free agent, I would have not blinked an eye line and signed him. Exactly. Like, cool. I think I think he's good for. I think like if he's you, good for a young guy. If you're if you're gonna be hypothetical, you're gonna draft Tua or yeah. whatever yeah. you're gonna draft. Yep. I think Fitzpatrick could play the year. Yep. And then push him aside. There you go. Here's the starter. For sure. So I don't think he's long term, but he's yeah for immediate. Sure, yeah. All right, good. Sammy Darnold. New York Jets, we're okay. So let me put it this way, right? We've gone over the past three. Is Sam Darnold the best quarterback as of right now for the draft? Is he the best quarterback in this conference? He is. Okay. And I think the problem that he has is he has literally nothing on the Jets to work with. Yeah. He is the Stafford from a couple years ago. From a couple years. But like without Calvin, like if you took right. Calvin off that team, he's yeah. Stafford in like 2011 with yeah. that team. Like that's the roster he's working with, basically. Yeah. He's working with like. Who like Robert, of, Robbie yeah, Anderson? Instead of, and, instead of Kelvin, he's got Le'Veon Bell, but yeah. Le'Veon Bell's playing like butt. Yeah, <laughs> but like he's got Robbie Anderson, and he's got this guy, and yeah. he's got whoever. I think Robbie but, Anderson's gone actually, and he's, he's gone, gone now. Right, but yeah. like he yeah. had him last year, but he right. just doesn't have the talent pool. Yeah. But if he was, if he had the talent pool, he'd be leaps and bounds where yeah. everyone else is. Okay. But without the talent pool, he's making do with what he's got. I do say he's need. I think he's. I I worry about him just a little bit. I like Darren a lot, but he's. I think they're asking him to do too much, which exactly, is yeah. a, a reason why the interception number is so high it is. right now. So I think he needs to cut back on the interceptions a little bit, not try to put it all on him. They need to get him some weapons, clearly. 
But if they do that, I really think that they could really give him a 100%. boost. With, with Gase being there, you can say what you want about Adam Gase, but as far as quarterbacks go, he's a very good quarterbacks guy. Mm-hmm. So All right, so rank him for me real fast. So we're going Darnold, Darnold Allen, Allen, Fitzpatrick, Stidham. How, Stidham. how crazy is that? That yeah. the bottom of that? that is because we, don't, we haven't seen Stidham play. Now, Stidham could right. uptake like a Fitzpatrick, but yeah. we'd have to see. All right, let's go, let's go AFC North now. Yeah, okay, that's we're my next AFC one. North. All right, so let's go... Let's go, let's just start the first yeah. one, Lamar. Lamar, okay. best quarterback in the division. Not really even close, no. I don't think. Nope. And uh, yeah, it Lamar. Is it is. He's yeah. Lamar Jackson. Like, I'm sorry MVP that we can't say too much. MVP but... of the league. If you, everyone else talks enough about Lamar Jackson. Once yeah. All right, let's go to the Bengals. Let's just let's just assume okay. it's Burrow. Let's just let's just put it there. Okay. Just because Andy Dalton's probably going to be gone. So I don't want to talk about the Red Rocket if there's no need to talk about the yes. rocket. We've, we've seen that show. We got it. We've got the t-shirt. It's awful. Yeah. Um, so Burrow's the quarterback, right? Okay. Um, your thoughts on Cincinnati. I mean, you're good then, right? If you're Cincinnati. Right now it's just building around Yeah, you're Burrow. just building around Burrow. you got a year or two to be able to build around yeah. and be able to like, okay, let's show you what we have with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't be good for another year or two. Yes. But I think eventually if you can keep Burrow and you get targets with him, mm-hmm. I think he can be. I think the receiving crew – can make Burrow look good because AJ Green, if he can stay healthy for more than like five games, yeah. But you got like John Ross who runs like a four-two on the yeah, one side. Right. Like yeah. you can, you have some big threat weapons that mm-hmm. you can run around with for sure. All right, let's talk. These are probably the two of the more that are like ooh, wishy-washy guys of yeah. all of them. Um, let's talk Big Ben first. I'm gonna say okay. Big Fish really at the end. Gotcha. Let's talk Big Ben. He's been injured. He's been hurt. Uh, but he's you know he was still serviceable. He's still. Up there, I wouldn't say he's top 10 anymore, but I would say that he's in the middle of the pack. I think he can still make plays. The arm strength is still somewhat there. Yeah. Um, thoughts on Big Ben going into the season? More Pittsburgh's out. They got Mason Rudolph. They got Delvin Ho- Duck Hodges. Duck Baxter Hodges. Lynch and JT Barrett all on the roster right now. That's five quarterbacks. Good Lord. Um, None I think of which are super enticing. Steelers are, have to be looking for their next guy. However, mm-hmm. I think you can get a year or two left out of Big Ben probably. So Mason Rudolph is not the guy for you. I don't. No. Think so. Okay. I, I didn't see anything from Rudolph that was like I could see the potential in there. Mm-hmm. I saw more from Duck Hodges, I thought, than I did Mason yeah, Rudolph. Me too. Yeah, for sure. So if that says anything about how your quarterbacks are, I think you need to look into getting another one. Yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked if like Jalen Hurts in the third round right. is a stealer at the right. end of this draft. Yeah, that's I'm not coming. that's not a bad that's not a bad take for sure. Yeah, I think something like that. A new like, regime's coming like in. Like a Pittsburgh, Jake like right? a Jake Fromm or something yeah. like you know, or one of those Eason, guys. Like a Washington Eason, guy, yeah. I think. A like one of those Yeah. All right, let's else. talk. Let's talk the big one now. Let's talk Baker Mayfield because I think this is the one that's going to propose the biggest uproar. This is depending the, on what you say. This is the hardest one. Yeah. For me personally, in the entire conference of oh, the yeah. AFC, because I go, I think he's good. I yeah. think he can play quarterback very well. I think I think a lot of the troubles is his offensive line. I really do. I think okay. if he had a very solid offensive line where he doesn't have to mold run out of the pocket every single play, mm-hmm. I think he could be a lot better. However, you there's not a lot of excuses you can make because you have Odell, Jarvis Landry, um, David Njoku, David Njoku, right. and then you have Kareem Hunt and um, Nick Chubb as your running backs. Yeah. So when you and have all, Austin Hooper this year, yeah. So when you have all these weapons and you're six nine and one or right. seven nine and one and or whatever inter- you want, and I think the big thing too is the interceptions are skyrocketed. Yes, right. And we saw it a lot when we watched you know games against like Baltimore stuff where. If that first read wasn't there, it's rough. He was lost. Yeah, and, and it I was think scary. I think the problem he's having though is I think he doesn't trust the O line. Mm-hmm. So like he's got the first read when it's not there, he goes, I don't know how much time I can sit back yeah. here to look for so another he's read. It, you think, a I bit? think he's forcing it more, mm-hmm. and I think Stafford was having that problem too for a minute, where it was yeah. like 
but he had Kelvin as the safety blanket where he right. went first read. It's not there. This pocket's collapsing. Let's just hit. I Kelvin think they're doing. Now. A, I think they're doing a poor job of incorporating the weapons that they have. I like, agree. You know I, I mean? think that's the yeah. problem. Is I think like Odell is the first option. He's not there. I can't look for somebody else because mm-hmm. the pocket's collapsing, right. and I don't think anyone else can make the play. Right. So I think do he's you forcing think, stuff. Do you think? Right. I don't think the Browns are ever going to get it right. Quite frankly, but um, do you think that? Do you think that Baker can be the guy though to really lead them out of this dark days time? Because like and, and like it, if we're because Cleveland and Detroit have been in similar situations for such a long time now where it's like I always felt when they drafted Stafford even through the injuries I'm like man this can be the guy for me that mm-hmm. I feel like could lead us and I think he has right I mean mm-hmm. we we've won double digit wins I yeah. it never happened before that you know what I mean so in my lifetime at least right so. Stafford has proven to be a franchise quarterback, right? There are guys that have proven to be franchise guys. Do you think Baker is a franchise quarterback, or is this year? Because I think year three is the year where I need to go. It's either we can build on it, Mm -hmm. or he is what he is. I think this is the year where you have to decide, because I think with all these weapons and everything, and now they're building the O-line because it's mm-hmm. they're probably going to take a tackle or yep. a guard or whatever. Yep. They're probably going to take another interior offensive lineman in the middle of the draft. Yep. So you're going to, and then they got some guys in free agency. So now you're building your O-line. Mm-hmm. So now if you have a built O-line and you have all the weapons that we just talked about, mm-hmm. and you're still 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, and seven, mm-hmm. you're not going to get them there. Mm-hmm. Now, however, I think that this year could be the year where they stick out rocking and go 11, 5, 12, and 4. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll beat out Baltimore, but I think they could make a wild card mm-hmm. and maybe Especially do some damage with the added, added team. team. I think they could be a 6 seed or 5 seed or whatever. You think Stefanski is the guy to bring it out of them? Uh, it's, I don't know. That's I think that's tough. That's I, I think the coaching part is going to be the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they have the right coach either. This yeah. draft's big for Cleveland. It it's is. bigger than people think it is because they're in the middle of the pack, but it's big. It's yes. big because of what they've done, all the moves that they've done. All right, so rank them for me real fast. So number one, I got Lamar. Obviously. Two, I have Baker because I yeah. think Baker I, has I, I the potential there at this point. I think that's fair. With number three being Big Ben and yeah, number four, four being undisclosed well, Cincinnati right. starter. Okay, right. For sure. Bur- Bur- you can't rank Burrow above another quarterback until you've actually seen until him. Until I've seen him play. And <laughs> Baker at this moment, I would say Roethlisberger over time, obviously. Right. Yeah, but right. like, of course. Well, in like, in a vacuum second, right this second, I, I would I'd take you. Baker. All right, let's go AFC South next. Hardest division yep, for by sure. far. All right, let's talk, let's talk your boy Deshaun Watson first. Let's go right yeah. now. Cool. Um, he is the best quarterback in the division. Yep. Pretty much by a long shot, I think. I think he can really carry a team... Only I a think, few quarterbacks yeah. can. Yes. I think he's in the realm of like, I don't think he's super mega star, but I think he's in that Carson Wentz, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson type area where he goes, I don't need a lot of stuff. Right. I have an awful <laughs> O line. Good thing, because you don't got Because you don't have a lot. <laughs> but he goes, I don't have an O line. I don't really have that dominant running back. And now I don't even have DeAndre Hopkins. But I think they yeah, can still. <laughs> yeah. I think you can still get to nine wins with just Deshaun Watson. Especially in this division. This division Especially in this weird. division this where division I think Jacksonville and Indy can be a yep. sweep in your division. Let's talk, let's talk the other. Let's. I mean, this one's, This is weird. Um, let's talk Phillip Rivers, the new guy on the block here. Uh, he's a cool one-year deal. Uh, former Charger. Like you know. his deal says, he is a one-and-done Indianapolis Colt, probably. Yeah. I think this is the year where Indy takes do you think they, do you Jordan think they, Love. Do you think they take a guy? So probably. probably. They trade away their first-round pick, so you got to wait now for the second yeah. to go get a guy, and you're like, okay. I I, I or mean, Jalen Hurts or whoever you want it to be, whatever yeah. your system you want it to be. I think they would be more in the realm of a Jake Fromm or Jacob Eason. Yeah. Because they took, I think Eason is their 
I think is their hope. Is their hope in the second, second round? And they're like, because, cool. I'll say that because your previous quarterbacks have Brissett, been you don't think Manning Brissett, and Luck and their pocket passing. I think Brissett's not the guy, right? You don't think he no. can he can get you there? Okay, I don't think so. Okay, I think Brissett. I think Brissett also. If you want to include Brissett in there, is a plus or minus trend. on how many wins they get with Rivers this year. The way their team is built so they're right seven now. and nine right now. I yeah. think they minus. One. Wow, really? They probably. Can, you think they get worse with Rivers? Probably, because okay. I don't think River, I think River, Rivers is the Rivers most isn't sitting good. duck. Rivers isn't great like, anymore. Yeah. At least like some sitting ducks that you have, like a Brady or yeah, like a he duck. can, he's but he can like, but he can like see cover. Like he's just so like assassin like. Yeah. yeah. I think Phil Rivers is a sitting duck that doesn't have great reads. Yeah. All the time. For sure. For sure. Definitely the gunslinger is yeah. definitely. More prevalent than ever. All right, exactly. Gardner Minshew, the man with the stash. The man with the stash. Um, uh, Josh I, Dobbs is there as well, former uh, you know Tennessee Volunteer, former Pittsburgh Steeler as the backup. Uh, they like Gardner a lot. They like Gardner, see, but see, I don't. It doesn't work for answer? me. No. Now I don't know. This could be a tough one because I'm like, is it because their offense? Literally, I can't name a single guy on their offense. No kidding. Or no, is it that no he's just not like? Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. It, that's a hard one for me because unlike the Baker situation where he has too much talent right. and just can't use it, Garner I don't think has enough talent and he's not good enough to propel talent. them. I don't have any talent over there. Offensively, the offensively, defensively, defensively yeah, they just, should still be stacked and they're still letting up. Exactly. Yeah, they're going. So through, they're going through another rebuild without ever having the true success of a rebuild. Of a, yeah, yeah, it's weird. I don't get it. All right. Um, Ryan Tannehill, big man on the block, had his coming out party last year yep. because of Derrick Henry. Uh, got paid a boatload of money. money. A lot of teams fall into this. Do you think Tennessee's going to be another team where it's like, man, we think we have a guy because he you know, didn't maybe have success that first time, but now we're going to pay this guy. I'm really nervous that Tennessee made a huge mistake. I do too. I yeah. like Tennessee. I think outside of like Houston, I would cheer for Tennessee to like win their division every single year, yeah. more than less. Um, but I think they may have made a mistake. Now, they look so much better like with Mark – Derrick Henry was good all year, mm-hmm. but when Mariota was there, they were like two and six, yeah, Mariotta, and then all of a sudden it was like seven and one the right. rest of the way with Tannehill. Right. So with Derrick Henry producing the exact same the right. entire season, for sure. So I think Tannehill can be your guy, but paying you that much, you have to give up something, mm-hmm. and that's the problem is yeah. giving up. If you let Derrick Henry walk after this year because they franchise tagged him, yeah. right? That's right. Then, then you go. What was the thought logic yeah. there? Because it wasn't Tannehill getting yeah. there. It's the same place as Garoppolo, where yeah. I'm like, if you let your running backs go and you don't have that offensive line, I'm like, you might as well just like Garoppolo run because I don't think yeah. you're not throwing your way through. Tannehill's not throwing his way to uh, a yeah. Super Bowl, right. but he can hand yeah. off play action pass his way yeah. to a Super Bowl. Right, especially the way that defense is playing as exactly. well, for sure. All right, AFC West. This one's... Really, really top heavy, and then a whole bunch of woof after that. That's um, what I was thinking. You know too. what I mean? So let's let's get the obvious one yep. out of the way. Patty Mahomes, Kansas Super Bowl Chiefs, MVP, Super Bowl MVP, league MVP, has five thousand touchdowns Chad already. Is the backup still? How crazy! Yeah, is that? and Jordan Thomas is the backup. Backup. How funny is that though? That freaking Michigander over there. That's funny. Okay, but yeah. Patty Mahomes, Patty Mahomes. I'm yeah, not, we're not gonna, one. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on – I don't really think we need to, quite frankly. And I think we can kind of take – because the Chargers are not – like, they have Tyrod Taylor. He's serviceable for a year, but I don't yeah. think there's much after that. That You need exactly. you need a Herbert or a Tua or whatever. Right, So sure. they don't really – they have an undisclosed quarterback, too. Probably, yeah. Unless, so I, the middle I, two yeah, are the I'm interesting in, Yeah, I'm interested in – let's talk – I want to talk – let's talk Drew Locke first. Okay. Uh, okay, Denver, they took him in the second round. You got Jeff Bristol and Brian Rupian as the backups. Um, Drew Locke, though, you know, this is – you know, since Manning retired, 
it's been a revolving door, right? Yeah. They thought they had Osweiler. They lost him. I thought Osweiler was the best one they've had since Manning, mm-hmm. right? You tried Paxton Lynch. That didn't work. You tried Case Keenum. That didn't work. Yes. You tried everything under the sun. Since Manning retired, you well, you wasted a couple years of that good defense because of it, and now you got Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on him? Is he the guy, or do we need to see more? Because I think I'm still in the question mark phase, personally, on him. I need to see more. However, <clears throat> if you're going to look at a team, now, no one's going to beat Kansas City out no, in this division. Kansas City is getting to at least 12 wins next year, probably. Yeah. So, no one's getting past 12 wins against Kansas City. No. So, but if you're going to bank on a team to make a wild card spot in any division, in any team in the AFC, I would bank Denver to get it. Really? Yeah. Denver and Tennessee are the two I'm like I'm pretty locked in if they don't right. win the division really? to like lock in for a wild card That's because shocking Denver has their defense like Von Miller and Bradley yeah. Chubb yeah. are a one two punch that almost no one wants to go up against. No, for sure. I think their line I think their defense as a whole is very good and I think Drew Locke showed they've lost three games last year like on it, stupid on some stupid. Bears game was the worst. Yeah, I think, when it was like, like oh the roughing gosh. the passer and didn't even touch the quarterback oh, at all boy. and stuff. And I'm like, or the runoff and they and had the runoff second to exactly. I think Big Van just a good coach. I think he's yeah. a good defense coach. I think I think and they're seven and nine last year. So flip two or three of those outcomes, or even one or two of them, you're of a winning season with Drew Locke for quarterback sure. for sure. So I think you could do not even the whole good. season. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I think you have a I think you have a a guy there that yeah. you can start building around. But I do need a. If this, year, if this year you see the progression, you go, okay, maybe he's there's there. a little something, something there. And I think he's the guy that needs to save John Elway's job, yes. frankly. Um, all right. Now, here's the one I think that is probably the biggest question mark. It may be in the conference, just with all the news and everything else, is Derek Carr. Now, let's put, a, let's put yeah. some perspective on this. Derek Carr gets drafted out of Fresno State. He's the guy. First couple of years, they're on fire. Jack Del Rio gets hired. They're 12-4. and four. He breaks his leg, right? Right before the playoff yeah. game. You know, everyone thought the Raiders are back, we're rolling, you got Marshawn doing all these things, blah, blah, blah. They're not back, clearly. Mm-hmm. John Gruden's here now. You've heard a lot of rumblings. You know, last year they thought maybe they were going to take a quarterback at two or three, wherever they were falling. Mm-hmm. There was thoughts that Derek Carr was going to get traded. There was thoughts of a lot of different things. Last year they went, went seven and nine, eight and eight, something like that. Seven and nine. Seven and nine. Had an okay season, nothing to write home about, nothing to be like, wow, he was terrible, but nothing to go, wow, right? Mm-hmm. I would say he's average, maybe just below average, just above, depending on the game, week to week. Thoughts on Derek Carr? Because this is the one, I think, where Oakland needs to make up their damn minds. Yeah, no, this is the year. Now, they signed Mariota, too, which yeah. is weird. Well, because Mariota's a great backup. Yeah. Like, Mariota is the... I oh, will yeah, I would love to have him as a backup. Yeah, yeah. Mariota's like, I will support you, and yeah. if I need to come in for a game or two, I will play well, that Sean game Kyle or two. Well, or Nathan Peterman are definitely not. Not. Andrew, so. No. Um, I think this is the year, though, that you go... I think how the Lions did it where they went six games and they went, we're not doing anything, so let's tank it. I think uh, Oakland needs to go, okay, we're going to take about five or six games, and if we're two and four, tank for somebody else. Yeah, right. Like, we need to tank for uh, Trevor or tank for uh, Justin Justin Fields Fields or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I think this is the year where you go. But if you start out four and two, five and one, maybe you go, maybe Derek Carr is the guy. Like, I think the early part of the season is really going to depend on how Oakland treats the season. Right, for sure. And, and I think it's... I think it's... I think, it, I, think season, it's I think it's whether or not Derek Carr is a Raider after this yeah, season, that's quite too. frankly. Like, if they start out 0-5 and they go, ah, screw it. You yeah. know what I mean? Get rid of him. I think, yeah, I, think put, I think they put Mariota in there. I think Derek Carr just sits mm-hmm. and they try to trade him or let him go. Because, yeah. you know, he got paid quite a bit of money, too. I think people forget. He was the guy who got paid before Stafford did. Mm-hmm. And... You're on two ends of the spectrum, quite frankly. No yeah. no offense, but like Stafford had 19 touchdowns in eight games last year. Uh, Carr had 
18 touchdowns all year. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, put that in perspective just for a second here. Um, all right. Rank them for me. Top five. Give me your top five top right five, now. Top five, we're going... Um, Spoiler alert for the first couple, I'm sure. But. Yeah. <laughs> we're going Mahomes. Yep. Then Watson. Wow, then so Lamar. you have Watson over Lamar right now. Yes. Why? Because I think that Watson does more with less. Okay. Like, I think... I think he produces, and it's my argument with Russell Wilson being in the top. I do think he's a better arm than than Lamar does. I, I think sure. that Lamar, I just think like you have Brandon, Ingram, you have all this talent mm-hmm. on Baltimore. I'm like, you better succeed in, right. in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know, like this year, especially with Sean Watson not having DeAndre Hopkins, having a battle line still, and having Brandon Cooks to throw yeah, to. Not David Johnson. If they, if they, <laughs> doesn't even acknowledge me. No, yeah, no. If he gets to. If Deshaun Watson could play to nine or ten wins, I'm like, right. those nine or ten wins are basically all yours right. at that point. Where Lamar, I'm like, you get 14 wins, you probably impacted like okay. five of those games. Okay. So I put Watson above, but if okay. he, if Lamar can throw next year, then yep. we'll see. All right, cool. Number four, I will take um, Sam Darnold okay. pretty pretty efficiently. And number five, I will take – wow, this is that got caught real fast. Ooh. Probably Baker at number five, wow. but there's not – it's tough there oh. at four or five. You know what's funny is when we did the NFC one, you just go, wow, there's a lot of talent in the NFC there as is. far as quarterback play. And then he, um, we're going through this, and I didn't really really realize it until we started talking about this where I go, Josh Allen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jared Sinem, Sam Darnold. Like, you just start looking at the names, you go, wow, there is not yeah. a lot of great quarterback play. Like, you can make the argument that Miami, New England, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, the Colts, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Oakland, um, and, Oakland and the Chargers. That's seven teams, or eight teams, if I could count. Eight teams out of, 16. out of 16 that need quarterbacks, could take a quarterback in this year's draft yeah. or next year's draft. And there's, That is insane. And there's a couple teams where, you, like Denver, where, where yeah, you could Denver go, go... Question mark. Question mark. Um, Tennessee, I still think, is a question mark. Uh, Cleveland, question mark. Yeah. Um, there's three quarterbacks. Buffalo, in- question... There's a lot of teams where you go... Pick an upgrade, probably. Yeah, to me, I think there's four oh, quarterbacks, boy. and then after that, I it's think you go. It's a crapshoot after that. Yeah. Good. Lord. Well, because, like, let's just real quick for a second as we go back to last week's episode, right? Carson Wentz and Dak, right? Cool. Good, right? Kyle. Stafford, Rodgers, Cousins, all mm-hmm. within some realm of each other, yeah. right? Breeze and Brady, and then kind of Bridgewater, I guess, right? And, 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 Matt, and, Ryan Ryan, and Matt Ryan week to week, and then you've got... Uh, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and then Garoppolo and Goff, right? In, Who can all right, relatively play. Right, like, like, if Garoppolo was in any other division in the AFC, he's a nut, at least a two, if not the best quarterback. I'm not exactly. saying something because I can't stand Garoppolo. Garoppolo in so, like, the AFC East, like on the mother. Patriots right now, would be the best quarterback in that Aaron Rodgers needs to get traded, is what I'm saying. Is that Because if, if Rodgers got traded to, say, like, the Texans, or not the Texans, I'm saying, like, if he got traded to, say, Tennessee, with that running game and that defense... For Tannehill or something like that, uh, it's 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 them, Kansas City and um, Baltimore. Baltimore fighting over who goes to the Super Bowl. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, holy, which is crap why I was one side. This is wow. also why I argue that even though I don't agree that Patrick Holmes may be the best, I think you're gonna see his name and that team in the AFC Championship game probably for the next ten years. I really because... do actually want to see that game though. I want to see Baltimore. I do Kansas too, hundred percent like, in a playoff type. game. Yeah, but sure. I like I just look at it and go. Out of those two, you take away those two mm-hmm. teams. Like I like Watson, but that team's not very good. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the teams, I don't see getting there and like competing there. Real quick here before we wrap up this show, I just want to ask one thing because we didn't do a ton on Lamar, so I'm bring it back to Lamar real fast. Um, do you think what's more likely of a scenario for Lamar Jackson? Okay, he has Michael Vick's career 
or he's got Donald McNabb's career. Now, what I mean by that is, take out the dogfighting. I was going to say, well, take, no, 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 take out the dogfighting. What I'm talking about, McNabb was able to get to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, probably could have won one, honestly, with the, with the couple, because he had several. He basically was the reason why Philly was Philly for a long time. With Andy Reid, right? I mean, James Thrash and Todd Pinkston were your receivers. That's yeah. a rough go. But when you got T.O., he wins the Super Bowl, yada, 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 right? He had a solid several years. Or Vic, Vic got to an NFC title game, then got killed by said Eagles, but never got anywhere close to that ever again, right? Where electric player, put up major numbers, was a runner, not the best thrower, still electric, right? Could build a team around him, but never get to the end. I think I think he'd end up well in that exact scenario. I think he'd be more like McNabb. Okay. But I think he he just because he's got a better team around him to I think, help him get there. I think because and because there's so less teams that are competing in the AFC at the True moment. That. True I think like you go to the AFC Championship five out of the next six years against Kansas City, you have to win one of those, right? <laughs> You think, right? Yeah. Like, you're taking that many shots at the dartboard. Every Buffalo fan is like, we went to four Super Bowls in a row and didn't win them. Yeah, fine. I guess. But, like, you're, you have shots yeah. because your team is that good yep. for the next five years or whatever. Yep. Like, you have to get there at least once, right? Like, you would you would think so. He can say he's not going to represent the Super Bowl for the next six years. Let's hope not. Yeah. Because just, that's just a thought, wild, right? So. Just a thought. I mean, just, I, I mentioned when we, a couple years from now when we come back and we'll be like, okay, what what, what was what is he really? You know, so yeah. this next year. I think he'd be thick, but yeah, I think sure. with Super Bowl appearances. Maybe not wins, but Super Bowl appearances. Sure, for sure. All right. That's gonna be it for this week's episode. Once again, new merchandise, below the color.com. Make sure you go there, buy the shirt. The what design should be going up pretty quickly here. And by the time you guys hear this, hopefully it'll be already there by now. Uh, if not, keep checking back. Um, that's it for this week's episode for the missing whale man for the missing brain. He's the Mark Song. I'm here. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.